0: As a company, you need to take social responsibility, if you leave a mess, even if you're making a profit and you're delivering a good service, you need to take responsibility for the
1: impact you also affect. We're on a mission, we're going to find and uncover the smartest, most successful entrepreneurs on the planet, explore their highs, their lows and how they ultimately mastered the game. I'm Martin Cook and I'm excited to welcome you to the Smarter Destiny Podcast. I'm grateful for you and your time, now let's level up together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Smarter Destiny podcast, where this time we have my friend Salvatore Notaro, who is the founder of Vivolife.com, he's also the managing director. Vivolife is an eight-figure brand that sells natural plant-based health and fitness supplements to help you look, feel and perform at your best without costing the earth. It is a fantastic brand, it's a gorgeous looking website. But more than that, Salvatore is an enlightened entrepreneur and by that what I mean is he's actually using his brand, he's using his mechanism, his vehicle here to actually make the world better. Not just by helping his customers but actually serving real world problems. That's why Vivo Life has actually planted more than 360,000 trees, 360,000, that is a massive, massive forest if they were all together and removed 55,000 kilograms of plastic from the ocean. They are doing really, really good things as well as making great products that have been voted the best vegan supplement brand three years in a row. So this is a really, really great brand, which must mean there's a really, really great founder behind the brand. So I think without further ado, let's welcome Salvatore to the show. Salvatore, how's it going?
0: Hello. Yeah, I uh, love the introduction. So thank you for that. Appreciate it. And obviously <laughs> very grateful to be here. So thank you for the invite. It means a lot. And i um, yeah, I hope I can be of value. And um, yeah, so looking forward to us chatting away.
1: Absolutely. So whereabouts in the world are you right now?
0: So I'm actually based in Bristol in the UK.
1: Sunny Bristol up until a week ago or a couple of days ago, maybe. Exactly. (laughs) All right. So the way we like to kick things off on the show is we like to go back. We like to go back to what serves as your kicking off journey, your kicking off spot Mm. as an entrepreneur. A time in your past which really serves as chapter one, word one of chapter one for your entrepreneurial journey. And if you've got a time Mm. in mind, could you take us back to that time and Mm. uh, paint us a word picture?
0: yeah yeah so for me it was actually um
1: you know 10
0: 15 years ago when i was actually not in a good place i was massively depressed high anxiety confused and um i used to think in life you either got it or you haven't and then um, i just thought i was one of those people that haven't got it so you know that's me and i i haven't got it and um and it was because I was looking around thinking, um, you know, why do I feel like this? Because, you know, i got a good life around me, my, my family, took a big family together, didn't have money issues. Seemed well, healthy, got friends. But uh, why, do, why do I feel like this? And um, so, yeah, so I thought, I, you know, other people got it. I, I haven't, but luckily I came across a book that, that taught me that life's actually a self-fulfilling prophecy. That you know what you believe and think and your values ultimately reflects your 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 external reality. So um and at that point that was the changing moment for me because I realised oh right, I can change so this is good so let's um let's start working on on changing on something don't feel right I don't feel good so um so I started getting into mindset you know meditation affirmations and, and um and but I found that only took me so far because i was still like disorientated and, and, and I had these moments of low and still depression and, and confusing. And, um, and what I realized is, is, I call it being drunk on junk food. Like the food I was eating was having a physiological effect on me. And I wasn't aware of that. I just ate food and didn't think it would affect me. But the reason I call it drunk on junk food, because just like the uh, if we drink alcohol, we, we know we drink it for it to affect us physiologically so um but food equally does the same just at different levels of intensity and um when i was able to draw that correlation that the food i was eating was affecting me i was able to start looking at the food i was eating and change it the only problem is like 15 years ago the knowledge and access to knowledge wasn't good like this is i think it's even longer than 15 i guess about 15 16 34 now so like 18 odd years ago and um so this is a time like before like you know facebook i believe was only just starting and stuff so the information you searched online and if the people around you were eating a similar food or not valuing the food they were eating it was hard to like to, to get to the truth of like what's good so i just started because i knew i could improve i just started to just change the food i was eating and bit by bit i was able to you know get through the low-quality information, and, and and nowadays it's much better because of social media. People are able to share a lot easier stuff that's working for them. But um, a bit by bit, I was able to um, to 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 improve my the food that I was eating, improve the quality, and bit by bit, my depression lifted, my disorientation, confusion went because um, you know, my zest for life started to come back. As that zest for life started to come, I'll add all this energy, and I want to do stuff with it. So I got into boxing, got into fitness. The thing is that led me to like supplements. I was thinking, well, you know, sky's the limit, like, but how far can you go? And to be fair, that 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 mindset carries on today because as as you know, I want to continue to evolve. But um, but yeah, so when I was getting the supplement, I wanted to recover quicker, go for longer. But then I started I started spending like a thousand pounds a month, like personal training and supplements. But I started to realize that you know 80% of those supplements were were also like full of false promises and, and misinformation fillers and da-da-da. And um and you chase them back to the same, you know, manufacturer and stuff. And then so, but there was actually 20% of brands that were really trying their best and, and offering the best with the technology they had today and the information we have today. And um I just thought, well, you know, like these products I spent many years like researching them and 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 finding what what's what's real and what's good. Like I come from a family that's quite entrepreneurial, so um I just thought, well, I want to I want to create something I guess wouldn't it be good to put all these, webs- all these products on one website and um, that was sort of where Vivo Life started, it was just um, a more of a passion and, and, and me just wanted to create something and me just having that, that energy again through, through good health that um, I thought let's put them on one website. And then like vivo life, vivo sort of stands for like I lived. What we're trying to say is the products we're creating are more, more like cold processed and more more um, less less dead, I guess, less 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 processed as possible, but more retaining its 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 energy. So um, so so yeah, so that was where it started. And then that was really where my where my sort of business journey started. And then um, the only thing is with that, because it came with no experience or no knowledge. Within like you know one year, we were losing lots of money. We did we, we didn't even know what KPI was. Didn't know what P and L was. Um, and luckily, I came across um, well podcasts or, or mentors and and people like yourself, I guess that were sharing information because we're in a world now where people share information so you don't have to make it up and bit by bit I started to know what a KPI was and then before you know it we started to discover we're we're acquiring customers at like 30, 40 pound and um but the customers are spending 30 or 40 pounds as you can see Mm -hmm. there's nothing in that the lifetime value was pretty much 30, 40 pound because they would use this as a resource to then, then buy the second order from Amazon or somewhere else because we are just a reseller. So they valued the ethos, they valued the choice of products, they valued the information, because we also want to create information. Then, um, but they didn't, um, but again, they would just buy wherever's more convenient for the second or third purchase. So at that point we realized, well, we always planned to make our own product, but at that point we felt let's push that forward and, and let's go into making our own product. But being like connoisseurs, we we're able to really, when it came to making the first product, we chose the protein powder. It was the one that was in most demand. So we thought, let's start with the product that people want the most. And um, but through like looking at every detail of every other product, when it came to formulating that product, we were able to go the extra mile because obviously we want it for ourselves. When we launched that, that was when it changed. Because before you know it, um, well, that, we could be acquiring people at the same cost, but lifetime value is now not 30, 40 pounds, more like 150 and it grows. But also the other thing I forgot to mention is, is the margins. So when you're retailing, you've you're about a 30% margin. So when you start making your own, you have about a 70% margin. So with that, you're able to reinvest. So we, we then expanded out the product range. Then bit by bit, things, things went from there. And just one thing I wanted to take, well, I guess with, with that journey, I guess yeah, we had our we had our um, yeah we had the first version of Vivo. Then we went to make our own, and like you say, that was when it all changed because whether they buy it on Amazon, they buy it on retail, and then having more margin to play with, you're able to um, yeah, you're able to to invest more. So that was when it all really changed for us. So that was more, that was um, more like 2016, and then. And yeah, we literally went from a 10 grand a month business all the way up to a million pound, million pound a month, um, from November last year. And then, um, yeah, but I can obviously carry on to talking about it, but the ethos behind, behind it all that I took from, from my own journey of changing my own health and why then that we make sure is embedded in Bebo. And then, um, yeah, and obviously on the way I can tell you about thousands of challenges
1: and, and, um,
0: (laughs) obstacles we faced, but um, that's a top line view.
1: So um, so summarizing it came from uh, a a initially the the, the the pain was you were eating this junk food you're on this junk food cycle you're surrounded by people doing the exact same thing so with the average of the people that we hang out with everyone's doing it but you you have this urge to to break clear of that and to and to find the uh, the, the the truth the clearer waters and that and that journey took you into this this healthier more uh, more nutritional uh eating things you're putting in your body and then from that you're like right this is something that the world needs I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, offer this and and initially obviously not doing the manufacturing yourselves it was relying on vetted third-party brands um, and and reselling them but then people would say oh thanks thanks for letting me know I'm gonna go over to Amazon and buy my my, uh, (laughs) next orders right and then in 2016, the turning point for you was you started um, making your own product. So what does that process look like? I mean, do you have a factory that is that is yours or did you find a third party? Like how, how did that work?
0: Yeah, so in truth, it kind of worked organically. I'm always a bit of a believer, you know, once you start with the idea, you plant the seed, the opportunities arise, and it's just seeing them. So like at the time we were, through being a retailer we were aware of other brands and those brands we valued and and one of them in particular said you know we we said we want to make our own product and they said well you know we we can help we can help manufacture that for you and then um then all that we were doing we were literally in our kitchen with a bowl ordering every ingredient that we thought checking it through putting it in the bowl trialing it out testing the texture da da and then um, that went on for like six months to a year. Then, then through um, for, for analysing the nutritionals, for analysing the source of each ingredient to the origin of the ingredient to the to the um, yeah to the heavy metals and everything else. And then from the text to the taste and to the dirt. It's just a lot of back and forth. Blah, blah. And then um, then we launched our first one through, through the um, through the the actual retailer slash manufacturer at the time. And then. Um, and then what it is, we actually quite quickly outgrew that, manufa- that that retailer manufacturer. So we were then going to manufacture it elsewhere. But a bit of us thought, Do you want, we need to stay close to this product. Like, we don't want to lose sight of the raw materials because we're very careful about which ingredient we pick. Then we test it for the heavy metals. We then test it for the function in the actual product. We also want to know, like, the source of, how they actually, how they process the ingredient. And, um, and then when you make it, you make it in a certain way to get the right texture and stuff. So um, so I just thought, okay, let's just find our own warehouse and, and manufacture it, but before you know it, you're about to just get into a whole other business. And that was obviously heavy on us, and, um, but we were able to get a consultant, we found a warehouse, we chose Glasgow because we felt that matched our values, plant-based and sustainable. But, you know, with that came every other obstacle and before, you know, you're, you're now in the manufacturing world talking about manufacturing KPIs, QC and everything else. And then part of you, the only problem that was causing, it's kind of distracting then going, OK, you know, what is our main focus here? But fortunately, I started to learn more and more about business and they're teaching me about, you know, finding people that are equally as passionate, but also smarter than you. And, um, and that was when we actually went to go, do you know what? My manufacturing is not, not something I'm gonna be great at personally from running a manufacturing facility. You know, I can innovate and, and create a product and we go the extra mile. But um, so that was when we went to search for an operation director. And when, when the operation director, Donna, joined, that was when it really transformed that side of the business and, and, and other parts of the business, really, because we started to learn, you know, from people to, from, yeah, how to bring on board new people to, to operations. And um, so, yeah, so then that, we kind of grew, yeah, we grew, I mean, maturing, and we're continuing to mature as a brand, and um, we're we continuing, and I think we're always gonna go through those big changes, but I guess you got to start somewhere, and we don't think we're perfect now, we weren't perfect then, but we strive for, we strive for, um, I guess high quality, whilst whilst retaining, you know, why are we here? You know, what are we actually trying to do? Um, but yeah, so I don't know. Does that answer the
1: question? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so right, so right now, you you have your own manufacturing facility in Glastonbury, and yeah, and you, and you do everything sort of in house, but it's sort of run separately. And and your focus is on the is it on the the visionary, the creation, the, the 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 problem solving side of the business, where your where your strengths lie.
0: Is yeah, so way? like what we do is yeah. So like what, what I've always been thinking about new products, I'm constantly, you know, I, I constantly taking different supplements and, um, and like constantly looking at different, different things. So, so for us, we got products we want to bring out from, we got a, a protein snack bar, for example, it's been three years in the making. One thing we also realize when it comes to product, we don't force it. We, 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 we go with it, but you know, when it becomes forced, we we stand back a little bit. So the snap bar, we like to launch it three years ago, but we've been we've been it's getting better like each year, and as time goes along, and it's getting to a place where we feel like yeah, that this is good enough now. Where um, we didn't want to just bring out another product just for product's sake. If not, we don't feel like we're adding value. We're just you know want to grab a market share or da da da. So for us, it really has to be like something of decent value. We we are we something to say, I don't know if it's a good way way of saying it, but like we sort of see ourselves as like apple when it comes to health supplements. You know, rather than when we create something, we we create it really we go the extra mile and we don't want to create loads of products. So um so yeah, so we got that, we got I mean we we're looking at mushroom teas in the future, we're looking at a, a form of vegan collagen. We want to show people, you know, you can be, you know, your best version of yourself without without taking from animals. Like and um, we want to we want to show that and, and obviously everything else goes along to with beauty with um with um you know the the when it comes to marketing we want to make sure if we're marketing we don't want to make people feel insecure about about. we want people to realize their own inner beauty and, and 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 their own uniqueness and to not not try and look like each other so like there'll be wider messages in our marketing when we, we also launch product but the product itself is still something we're going the extra mile with so um but yeah but we also want to consider our marketing to also be responsible and helping people empower people and make positive change for their health but also make them aware of their impact the planet and and animals along the way in an inspiring way without preaching
1: I, I love that and and, yeah. and you know we, we, we talked about or I, I raised that in the introduction as well about the, the charitable component, the enlightened entrepreneur component um, and, and I want to speak about that but also but before we get to that, you obviously described a journey where um, initially I think you said it was £35 or £34 uh, CPA and then your, your average order value was £34, or your lifetime value even uh, was £34 well, yeah. and so it's like oh crap I'm losing money and that happened for a little while and then, and then you started creating your own products and and then you, you you know you created a manufacturing facility there's a number of things there which aren't cheap it has vivo life have, have you ever taken on outside funding or like how did how did you fund the business throughout the time
0: yeah well that's it so well basically at first like i'll say massive for me again this is really important like for me i got massive support from the family like my family um I can be a hundred percent dedicated to Vivo. They were able to support me as in my life, my um, day-to-day, my, my rent, my house, my, my, my food and da da da. And I was able to work on Vivo for the first two years without taking any money from Vivo Life or even up to three years. And um, yeah, probably two years, but that's only because I had a, a network that I didn't need to. Um, so that's, been a massive thing, which I obviously don't forget, and and um, so that was one thing. Um, so I didn't need to pull money; I could obviously work a bit of a job for my family. But I was almost doing fifty percent their work, fifty percent, like you know, thirty percent there, twenty percent their work, eighty percent my work. And then um, then obviously what I did do well, what I probably missed in the story, I did when I was like eighteen. I thought wouldn't it be cool to get a property, you know, in the recession, and um i just got a property with a 10 10 grand deposit i got a loan for 10 grand and then um they got a deposit when everyone was scared of buying i always a bit careful people go right you're better off going left when everyone was scared of buying i went and thought i wouldn't be good to buy a property and i put 10 grand in before you know it I, the property was bought for like half the price And when the recession came out I then like sold it so what i did do is when i want start when i started vivo i remortgaged everything got a load of credit cards and then, um, put that in into it, but that literally burnt through because I was inexperienced, I'd burnt through that, that money, and I, we nearly came to the point of giving up and um, but I came across Josh right early days from the start, so josh was was a copy copywriter background, and I liked his copy because he had the same ethos as, as me, this copywriting, and I said, "Look, you know I'm doing this. Um, can you help us with?" we talk about these products, and he's like, yeah, I love it, da-da-da, and then um, what I said to, after, like, launching it, Josh was always like, "This is amazing, da-da-da, and we just worked so well together, and then um, a year, year or so in, I, it was literally on its knees, I said, look, you know, I love this, you know, I love what it's about, and, you know, I'm not, this is a reality, I'm not going to make it look good, it's not good no one else will invest at this stage, and rightfully so, because it would be crazy to. And, um, but, and if they did, I'd put, a, and then I just said to Josh, like, if you're interested, you know, come in. And then Josh said, Josh had 25 grand of savings that he saved over a lifetime. And he just said, I put my life savings in, because I believe what this is about, and I think together we can do it. So that was another turning point for Vivo, because I guess someone believed in in it, and, just like I believed in it what it stands for and um and it would only have worked that way like if someone else gave me money I think I would have carried on to blow it and and to be fair we kind of did together because with three months that was gone but together we pivoted and together we put in every you know we're working like 14-hour day Well, we we lived and breathe it that's all we do but um so we just lived and went and we pivoted, we pivoted, we pivoted. But this time it was starting to get smarter. Like, okay, we're pivoting. So we're looking at data. We're not just pivoting because we feel like it. We're learning. We're reading books. We're listening to podcasts. We're going to seminars. And I've got my KPIs every week. I've got my cash flow forecast every week. We're starting to like learn the skills of business as well as having our of our like passion of what we're trying to do, so um, and bit by bit, we um, so so to from that, we um, we so 25 grand Josh, we then got a 25 grand virgin active, virgin loan, and um, and then that enabled us to get the product off the ground. And then from there, literally, the thing changed, we went from like 10 grand a month all the way to like 100 grand a month within like six months, it just literally. You know, we're doing 10 grand a month for two years almost. It mm. just literally changed overnight. But funny enough, we thought, okay, great. Got the KPIs right. Got the cash per acquisition right. Got the lifetime value right. our right, ratios are right. And when we got to like 100K a month, we almost went bust again because we didn't have a PL and l The accountants couldn't keep up and get, get the numbers in place quick enough. And then, So, so another, another milestone was my, my brother actually, he, he actually a financial director for for the care homes, self-taught like twenty years in the family business. And um, but they have got twenty-four. They got sorry, ten, eleven care homes. They're hundred employees, and I think they did twenty-four million a year. But he just he's not a, a profession. He's not a trained. He's self-taught, which is um savvy. And um, and what it is, I always didn't want to you know bring get family involved, but but I also listened and I thought well. He, he thinks he can help and um, he literally worked day and night. I remember Christmas Day and he was in his pants, like still doing the numbers on Christmas Eve. And um, so like he helped literally get the accounts off the ground. And next bit we had some accounts, but we also had somebody who wasn't, the problem is of us when we're in it, we're passionate. It's like, yes, 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 to have a pen. When you got somebody's numbers and business and then um, he's able to be a little side person. I guess this is why this. I guess like, you know boxing having a coach and you kind of got someone telling you xyz bit by bit he was able to just make us make smarter financial decisions then bit by bit we was able to go from you know 100 200 grand a month where we started to go from about 150 grand a month we started to go profit making again then from 150 all the way up to a million we started to be profit making for a whole year straight even though about three years of loss making and that was partly because of our experience grew, but, but getting smarter people around us and, um, like, like like my brother and, and, um, that was when that changed. And then obviously Donna came on board as the ops director. So, um, so yeah, so there was some like milestones and shifts and, um,
1: yeah, doesn't that does that help? Yeah, no, it absolutely yeah. does, and um, yeah. and it, it it's, it's I mean it's super interesting, isn't it that that even like you you would have hit that that ten grand, you're scaling up to a hundred grand a month, and you'd have thought, wow, bam, I've finally I've I've cracked it. This is amazing. It's been a long old slog. I've put so much of my life and savings and risk and so on into this, and I've and other people I've encouraged other people to do so to then reach that hundred grand a level a level a bit. I'd be like, what the hell? What's going on? Kind of thing, and, and hitting that next thing and. Um, um, there's a great book called Ready, Fire, Aim, which goes through the the, the kind of problems and challenges that uh, businesses face at these different revenue levels, almost like yeah. clockwork and, and how you adjust and pivot. It's why on this show we talk in terms of uh, we introduce revenue uh, levels of the various businesses and the founders that come on the show so that you can understand that where they're at in their journey. Um, so right now, where, where, if you could um, sort of uh, where are most of your sales taking, taking place? Are they taking, uh, uh, is it online on store, Amazon, offline retail? Like, like, where's most of your, like, if it was like a pie chart, with sort of, um, well, in it's sim- of just-
0: well, it's simple, in simple terms. You could probably say 90%, 90% on, on our online free our websites. And I would say just go 30 UK, 30% UK, 30% USA and 30% Germany, and then 10% rest of the world. And then um then I'd say the remaining so I said ninety percent econ, I'd say the remaining ten percent is five percent retail, or probably say seven percent retail now, three percent Amazon. Amazon's dropped off the cliff for us recently. So um yeah, so I'd say it would have been five percent retail, five percent Amazon.
1: Nice. Um, in terms of marketing, so you're driving tons and tons of traffic to your um to to your website where where you're doing the selling. In terms of marketing, where where is the majority of your traffic coming from? Um, so like, so uh, Facebook, like, Google Display, search yeah, I like, yeah, get TikTok it. So whatever,
0: like, you know? we see like paid. You got paid social inside of that. You know, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. You know, in the future TikTok. So I'd say don't count me for this, but you know, that a large proportion is paid social. Then you got paid, paid search, I'd say like, you know, that might be like 10, 15, or up to 20%, and that's only more effective if our brand's growing, so that, that paid search supports or supports even though it does also bring new awareness and new people to it. Then you've got um, ambassadors, so ambassadors have been a big part of our growth. Um finding people that really believed in uh, basically i don't know i can t- talk on about ambassadors but but yeah well, ambassadors basically what it is we went to a um our first ambassador came about when when we're looking at our kpis every week and and we're like okay what's working what's not working we're trying a bit of paid social we are trying paid search we didn't kick into later because paid search it's like as these channels you know google ads used to be really like you know it had its day where it was really like everyone was get, doing really well with it and what happens is it gets to saturation and it starts to just level out and then to do it you just got to do it really well and what it was is in a very competitive market because ultimately we are in a supplement market even though we are say you know ours is xyz we're generally in a very competitive supplement market so um paid search we just never get it off the ground we're chucking a couple of grand a month for it and what it is once we was able to like chuck three or four grand a month at it and give it you know give it three months of testing with the right skilled person working on it I was able to get that off the ground but um but we were we were at a time where paid social was kind of doing the google ads growth and um yeah. do things too wrong and, and not do well like on paid social and um it was so so that sort of worked work first and that is changing now and we can talk about that but um that's almost starting to do what i feel the google ads is doing but um so um and that's my my opinion but um and then with the but with the influences this was a very sort of passionate real sort of what we were doing and and believed in it but we were going to a veg fest so that's a vegan festival in in, um, in london and all it is is we just saw somebody who was talking in front of lots of people who had an influence in the market who's a a bodybuilder and um and he um you know really believed in the vegan diet and and that no you can be just as healthy and must be against all all the myths and we just said um you know like you talk about bcas we got plant-based and sent him a product and he's like i just love what you stand for i love you know i love to tell our community And we were like, great. So so we agreed, like he would tell his community, and then we were able to work out a commercial agreement. So you know, we could create a win-win relationship where you know he's got he he's talking to people that could really benefit from our product. He's happy to talk about our product because he doesn't feel like it's selling. He's like genuinely like, no, like this is great. I want to tell him about it. And then commercially, it's a win-win because he can now carry on to do do and before you know it, one thing because that worked, and it that that literally brought in that spiked our revenue massively then it brought all the awareness and then brought all the new people to the brand and then um then we then we found another influencer and then through the influencer network joined and we have a lot of like real plant-based focus sort of influencers and then um but i would say that was the overarching brand awareness for vivo at at its stage to where it is now to one million pound a month and um so Yeah, I'd say mainly brand awareness would have been through the inputs, ambassadors, and paid social, and then paid search. And SEO is a very long ball game that that we just run in the background. And um, we are now giving it. It's like one of those old things you've got to invest quite a bit. We are now taking the upper level. And with SEO, we was a bit confused where it sat with us because we're like, we don't. We want to make sure we're adding value. So we're going to write something. We don't want to just write something that fits this logic of this robotic thing we want to make sure we're writing something that helps people make better choices for the health of the planet and animal we're finding it hard to create synergy with seo where it can actually be we're adding value so one thing i recognized was what partly got me into health problems was was the information i was reading and the adverts i look into weren't actually advising me they're telling me to buy kfc to buy you know junk food to eat faster food they weren't telling me don't don't eat any of that like get to whole foods you know focus on the quality of the whole food don't don't look for like you know fast produced product whole food and you know like focus on cooking and it's like so um so what it is is and if you think the content we're reading it takes a lot of energy and money to create content so so whoever's creating the content um, and companies you know, had a lot of money to create content and create studies, it normally comes with a bias and a purpose behind it, and it might be to get the person from A to B, probably from an A to, to, to a commercial reason, B, and is it really, what's gonna empower that person? Is it really gonna help them make better choices for their health, you know, their impact on planet. And what we didn't wanna do is be another one of those companies where we're creating content purely to get them to, to, to a commercial sale. We wanna make sure that if we're writing something, it's adding value. If not, we're putting potentially more junk out into the world of already a noisy world. So I think with SEO, we're always trying to, a human element to these channels. So with SEO, but we, now, we have now managed to find a relationship. We use SEO as a search tool to go, what the people, what questions are people asking? What are they searching for? And if we have expertise to help them, we will create content that helps them from A to B. So, so we're getting a bit better. We're still not perfect at it, but we wanna run, but that's sort of the other ethos we're taking. So that's why SEO sort of came a bit late on down the line to us. But we pretty much, you know, PR. PR is a bit. Like that. PR we leave organically at the moment. We don't. We don't go he- heavy on it. So, yeah. So I'd, I'd mainly say paid, paid social, um, ambassador, influential marketing, and then um, then paid search were our three biggest channels that got us here. Um, and then obviously you have got retail. We we run, but retail sort of comes off the back of our brand awareness.
1: That that that's phenomenal. And and was that something that where retail I mean, what stores are you in? Um for, for well, like,
0: example, like one of the stores, so Whole Foods in, in London, so like that's more of a recognized recognized store. So but but other than that, it'd be more like independence or, or the majority of its distributors. So let's say in in um, you'd have a distributor in Germany, for example, you might have just a distributor in Poland. And um, that's the majority of it. And um, yeah.
1: Nice. So changing, changing um, tack for a second. Um- because I this is this is super interesting. am so like if we could go into this um, super deep, and it's it's really really great to see a true problem solver like here. Yeah. Like, I, I mm. just I you yeah. know having gone through this mul- with multiple brands myself and and the current yeah. one um, with mm. New Brew, like I you just I, I know that you will have ha- encountered like a thousand wolves and yeah. obstacles that you will yeah, have to yeah, overcome yeah. to have got to yeah, this yeah. point. But at some point you decided to make um make business even more difficult, make your accountant yeah. even less happy and decided to give away some of your hard-earned money yeah. um, to, to do good in the world, right? Which is yeah. which is what I call being an enlightened entrepreneur. I've spoken about this at length many, many times and pointed out how it's not actually a cost, by the way, folks. Like, if you do it right, it will actually increase your business, it will increase your conversion rates, your ha- the happiness of your customers, the mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of stuff. But at some point, you decided, there's three things I've noted on, noted on your website, that you plant trees, you remove... Um, plastic from oceans and that you're you do carbon neutral deliveries at what point did this become baked into your model and why 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 was that something you decided to some would argue distract yourself
0: yes so i would say because it doesn't like i feel like you can create anything you like and if you're doing this like it's beyond just the money in your back pocket. If it was for the money in the back pocket, we could have, you know, we could rewind back a year and and we could just start taking money out the company and 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 doing whatever we want to do. But like for us, it feels like what gets us out of bed is like you're creating. We're creating like well, there's this there's a social side. You're creating relationships to the. But you're making you're making an impact and um, and that to me feels like like living so we always thought like we believe companies are like have a social responsibility like just like the government does but we we can spend time pointing fingers at the government but we have an equal like responsibility and influence i'm thinking it's like you know when they say it starts at home like let's show let us if i if, if we were going to be the government how would we behave okay we've got a commodity here that is of value to the community we're we're we're, we're, serve, we, we're supporting and um so so what else do we want to do so obviously we want to help them make better choices for the health of the planet and animals. okay in that case if we're going to spend money on marketing don't just spend it purely just to distract them and, and take them from A to b let's let's inspire them with with' with with um helping them think differently helping but for their empowerment so that's one thing so then then it's like okay how can we how can we support other things okay so like with the trees that felt like to us a relevant a relevant thing is part of the whole planetary part we part of like we champion a plant-based diet and we we think um sort of the the belief is is it's a plant-based diet. It's one of the biggest things you can do to reduce, you know, your your impact to planet. And um, and we felt like, okay, so how can we how can we give 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 back? And we felt that was one way. So we want to sort of the government the the the, the um they have these United Nation goals, and, and some of the one of the goals is you know to protect life above land. So we felt that like trees are doing that. And then we're like, okay, we've got an omega-free product now omega-3, EPA and DHA, which all the government's back, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of evidence to show, you know, how brain health and, and lots of other things that, um, you know, you, you can equally get the same potency, if not more, from, from algae. And, um, you know, the, the, the idea is the, the fish eat the algae, we eat the fish. So, they cut the middle person, go straight to the algae. And, you know, especially with this mass farming of the seas in an unsustainable way, because as a company's, we don't want to take responsibility for our impact. We only want to, as long as it, you know, our balance sheet and financials add up, we're doing a good job and the government's happy and we're paying our tax. But we don't realise if we're leaving a mess, no one's bothering us. No one's. We're, and I, I always think, you know, as a company, you need to take social responsibility. If you leave a mess, if you're, even if you're making a profit and you're delivering a good service, like, you need to take responsibility for the impact you, you also affect. So, um. So yeah, so we wanted to just start making. We're not perfect. We 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 think we're going to continue to get better and more impactful as we go along. But um, but we just want to start making steps with what we could with with the with the people with the network we have and the infrastructure. So we just felt like these were the right steps to do. And um, and gladly the 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 community and people we reached also value it. So bit by bit, it was sort of a win-win because they they, they um they want to support people that are doing it. But um. But um, but yeah. Sorry, going back to the Amiga-free, So like, we thought, okay. So we we're selling omega free The omega free product in itself has a has a message and also has you know a solution because um you know EPA DHA is is, is, is sourced in a, in a sustainable farm and da da. da. So um, but what it is is we thought, okay. So how how else can we give back? So we found a charity called Plastic Bank. And so what they do, they don't collect money, they don't collect plastic out of the sea. What they do is they have plastic banks within five mile radius, I believe, of the seas. And what they do is they pay people in those areas to pick up plastic and put it in the plastic bank. And it's actually a decent also wage for, for the people. So it also helps people in in, in certain areas. Because they get paid, and and we pay fifty five or sixty p a kilogram to pull, to prevent plastic sea. so we're always try and look for ways. You know, we we launched chai latte product, and and we give hundred percent of the profit of that product to 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 a charity in India, and and really that was more about this talk about okay, where did chai so yeah, where did chai latte come from? It came from India. Okay, we want to make sure we. We're not just stealing their heritage and then commoditizing off of it. We want people to know where it came from. I think it was more just a bit of a, a bit of a awareness campaign for that. So I think we're just trying to like, again, we want to help people, you know, challenge their thinking, duh, duh, duh. but at the very least, again, we're delivering good quality product. So again, we've got to carry on and do that. I'm sure along the way, hence, you know, I think it's amazing what you're doing with, with, um, you already just you only just told me about it with is it is it one for every product you know so, every order? So with, what
1: is it? with with newberry we're fortifying at least um the the meals of at least one malnourished child for at least a year so with every yes. single order and so we talk in terms of meals our mission is one billion meals and malnourished um uh, sorry malnutrition is a two billion person problem right yeah. in, the, in the world at the moment yeah. so
0: that's amazing and like you say one thing it does it spreads awareness first of all and two it's a way of it's a way of giving you know looking after wider than your business needs i think it's like because we're all connected to each other and and i think it's about yeah it's about that and and i think that's great i'm really inspired by it and like say something like that we might want to consider doing something similar for our whole product which is around you know um you have more like a, a male replacement product so um so yeah so i don't know that i guess that's just where it came from and and now it's great to see because more and more companies we're seeing you near know, planting trees doing things like yourself and and it's great because this is the way it's going and i think more and more companies are starting to look at yeah you know, how what impact they do and you know we we look we, we we're looking forward to seeing a world where there even a carbon footprint Like, that should just be basic, almost manners of a a company, really. Like, we do a balance sheet, we get accountants in, and we do our numbers, and that's great, but we almost should be doing a balance sheet and getting our numbers and having a carbon footprint accountant for knowing our impact upon it. And maybe not not just the carbon footprint, but us our impact, you know, end-to-end supply chain impact. We want to support, like, a full-circle economy, and that should be something that's measured. I, you know, I like to see a day where, you know, humans and, and societies not only measure the financial impact of a country, but how happy is that country? How, how fulfilled they are? We have credit scores for our personal balance. Why do we not have a credit score for our impact, the planet? Why do we not have a credit score for our kindness to the society? It's like, I do see this shifting and I think we're starting to kind of be able to measure and value things differently not just financially, which I think financial is really important. So it doesn't it won't be forgotten, but I think we're gonna do so much more. That's the basics. It's almost like, yeah, like doing business, the basics financial, learn that skill that, that is needed. But it's almost that is that's 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 starting it. That's the basics. Yeah. It's almost the rest is we want to do, you know, yeah, our carbon impact. And like you say, and hopefully for doing this, we can start to influence and, and create change and hopefully Governments in time will also start to think differently, and I do believe they will, and I think they're already starting to do it in certain countries. I think it kind of goes with that, you know, seeing the world like that, I guess, but...
1: I think that's, I think that's phenomenal. Yeah. I think that's such a, such an exciting way to look mm. at things as well. Mm. Not, not just credit score, but actually it'd be, it'd be great if you got penalized for, uh, for your carbon impact, right? Like, or you got penalized for making people unhappy and that was taken into account when you're yeah. getting a loan or buying or making some kind of Absolutely. transaction. That'd be brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I've long since been talking about it and, I, and, and, yeah, and that's, that's a knock on me because it's just talk, but it's public talk about how I would love Amazon. Amazon to factor into their algorithm um, or, or to even just add a filter around um, packaging, uh, whether the packaging contains plastic or not. And just make that a thing so that consumers can, can tick a box that says, oh, I only want um, you know products that uh, don't have plastic in their packaging. Yeah. I'd love that. It'd be such a small change for Amazon, but it would bring to the, the forefront and force changes. The, the ripple effect of that would be absolutely huge. Definitely. Um, but yeah, as I, as yeah, I said, I feel like I could talk to you for absolutely ages. Yeah. We've got a, a question round um, to, to jump into next, but before we, mm. we do that, where can people find out more about you and Vivo Life?
0: So I guess we can go to vivolife.co.uk, and then me personally, I'm, I can be found on LinkedIn, and um, yeah,
1: boom. All right. Okay. So. Next up, we go into the rapid fire question round. I ask the questions quickly. You can take you can choose your speed, right? You can choose the speed that you answer. Um, are you up for that?
0: Okay, yeah, carry on. So yep. um yeah, I'll try and keep it shorter.
1: Are you two thumbs up up for I that? Thumbs up for that. <laughs> Boom. All right, okay. Question one. If you ever had to start again, how would you make your money?
0: Well, as in a business a different business and a... Uh,
1: Yeah, however, I'd I'd do the
0: same. I I, I would make sure it's something that I'm passionate about. That if because you know, as you know, business is the is very difficult and never gets easier. And um, but when you're passionate about something, you're doing it because you're obsessed. And um, so I don't feel like we're working. And um, so I think it's important that you're passionate about it and that you really care what difference it's and you can draw parallels between what difference it's making. So for me, I'd have to, I'm in the world of health and fitness. So, like, you know, obsess about health and fitness, longevity, optimization. Da, da, da. So, for me, it would have to be in the realm of, of health and fitness and the realms of, of, of this. So, um, yeah, like, like skincare, for example, I might, might be open to
1: and stuff like that.
0: But, yeah, is, is that what you mean?
1: Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Question two What's the most common or biggest mistake leaders make? I'd probably say
0: not knowing your numbers well enough. And then that. Uh, not being able to fully read up or invest enough time into like understanding a PL, not knowing your cash flow forecast, your cash is the biggest thing that stops a business or takes a business out. They sometimes say, like, like we don't some, they some like the 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 mastermind stuff, I'm part of they always talk about your cash flow forecast, how much cash you've got in the bank, and, you, and ultimately try and like make you have a three months reserve because you're always going to get the ups and downs, and when the down happens if you haven't got enough money in the bank to let your business sell enough long time, then that, that can take you out. And normally we're kind of just spending the money we've got and investing it into growth, which I'm, I've been really guilty of a lot of times. And, um, and some people call it like, it's like the, the wave, when the wave pulls back, you can see who's swimming naked, as in who's actually got any cash in the bank. And then, um, so I'll probably just say it's, it's that. And then, um, I would probably say when it comes to hiring people, like knowing how to, Taking the, going the extra mile and find the right people that fit the culture and the skill set will literally move mountains. So so yeah, so I think um those probably two nice. things because we're busy sometimes in the doing and creating, so we're kind of probably creating problem solving all day long. So it's easier to like neglect those.
1: Well but, let's um, let's delve into that second one um with question the next question. How do you hire top talent? So those those people that you're talking about, how do you hire them? your process
0: yeah so to be fair i'm probably a little bit more we um well yeah well basically if we can't we, we get super clear on our jd like we spend a lot of time on the job description roles and responsibilities what's the kpi what does six months look like if this person was in six months time what would you need to see to know this was a success so if you can't picture that in your mind's eye then it's gonna be very hard first of all for that person to know when they join you know like what is good look like and also you're probably not clear enough to even hire the person if you don't know what good looks like enough so i'd say like being clear what good looks like in six months what good looks like in 12 months being clear from a financial point of view clear how this person can increase your revenue or decrease your cost because because ultimately they'd have to influence them from a commercial point of view at one point and then um that all goes down the JD, so we're super clear of the scope. Then I would probably say the rest becomes a bit more intuitive. And, and to be fair, I haven't, this hasn't been my strong point. So, luckily, I'm surrounded by people like an ops director, Donna, and, and stuff around me that are a bit more experienced. And um, so, um, but you, we either go through an agency if we can't get any outreach of Indeed, and then we go for a first interview where we feel it out. We ask certain questions that go broader than just skill because we want to make sure the culture fits there. And then we go for the second interview. And then the third interview, we actually get them to, to, put, to do, a, um, to do a, a present. And that normally shows their thinking. And then when we can see their thinking on paper, that we can normally see where, where they are. But, um, but normally when it's gone wrong is when I've hired out of rushing. And then, and then when we've, um, and I just, I wanted it to work because I want to get paid to be crooked and then um, yeah so yeah, that's what, I'm
1: what is one of your proudest moments I don't know well to be fair
0: it's like in theory there's loads of things to be proud of but I'd say launching products always like exciting and launching campaigns and, and, um, but I guess for some reason like, you always got to be careful what you ask for when I am saying that um, yeah, so I don't know, like, yeah, because in theory, when we hit the one million pound a month, all it is is early days. I used to say to people when we're doing ten grand a month that you know Vivo, you know, got it wants to revolutionise the software industry. You know, like I see us doing like a million pound a month, and um, and um, and I think when we hit that, it was just a bit of a realisation. just to reinforce if you believe in it, you can do it. So maybe it's now just sharpening up. What I'm asking for, so I think um, that was sort of obviously a proud moment. But um, but I really think it's if you I don't nothing it's more the individual moments along the way that sort of that sort of make it. So but yeah, but I guess that was more a realization moment between I've been saying something for a little while and kind of interesting when it becomes real. So now I'm like all I'm doing now is resharpening up what you know. So it's what I'm asking for to make sure it also, you know, what's in it for other people, what's in it for myself and what's in it. But yeah.
1: like that. What's one interesting fact about you that not many people would know? I don't know really. Oh, you're quite open to be honest, but, um, it's a good question. Can't even think of anything. That's all right. I think if I reeled off anything, it'd be like, oh, I
0: expected that. <laughs> um, you know, I kind of feel a bit like boring now. We haven't we got anything? But <laughs> what,
1: what car do you drive?
0: Well, I actually do drive a Tesla.
1: <laughs> yeah, which which model? So
0: a Tesla three. That's
1: nice. a yeah, Model Three. Nice. Yeah, Model Three. Yeah. What what have you called it? That's What's it. its name? Well,
0: to be fair, it's got a name. My brother originally got the model, and um, and I haven't renamed really it. Any, a test.
1: Test. Ah, <laughs> Mine's the ir- ivory firebolt. A little. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> 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 I went all out in the Navy. Oh, um, cool. All right. Um, what daily routines do you have morning or evening that have helped make you more successful?
0: Well, to be fair, this is something quite, I, I think so important is, um, I, am. Um, I got like, to be honest, I got still bad habits. I look at my phone in the morning, but I do, I do breathing exercises. I use the Wim Hof breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. So I do two to three rounds of that deep breaths. That oxygenates my body. And then I normally feel instantly alert and, and feel a lot happier instantly. I then go in for a cold shower, do a two minute cold shower. I always think what you do as a cold shower is you, you just surrender and you breathe as normal and what it does it teaches you to surrender because during your day and during your life and during the conversations you're always going to get these feelings and and you know uncomfortable feelings duh, duh, duh. but you don't want to hide away from them resist them or push them away you want to just you know be equanimous with, with what arises and what it does it teaches you to sort of surrender to more of the intense things if you can do the more intense things and I think if you avoid a cold shower, what else are you going to avoid that day? So I just think for me, it's like religious, I, I just won't, won't, won't miss a cold shower, even if I'm in a hotel room, even if in this, somebody can't get it cold enough. But it's um, but yeah, so a cold shower, I then, um, do the, I then go into my supplements. So I have my, my smoothies, so I normally put frozen blueberries, spinach, a, 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 a two scoops of whole and then some nut butter. And that gives that sets the foundation of my my day because of all the vitamins and mineral stuff in the whole, and I have got that covered. I've also got real, you know, fruit and, and um spinach in there. And then, um then I have my coffee. So, so I have a so I have a coffee, and then then um and the problem is the night before I would have set intentions for the day. So, what does good look like? Even this chat with you, you know, like have an epic chat, have a good time. But, but so um to be clear what is what is what is good what's my intention of the day just so i'm not running on a autopilot and then um and I'm a bit more more conscious so um i'll probably say those and then meditation so i do 20 minutes to an hour to a day but i don't always get it in the morning so it might be the evening and for me again that's that's really again just about If if you're not sort of just letting go, life just passes through really quickly and you forget just to live a little bit. So yeah, so um, for me, those core portals get you a bit of a foundation. So um,
1: yeah. Love that. Mm. What book or books changed your mindset or life?
0: Well, I guess you could say that that first one I read when I was young, I think it was um, was Paul McKenna, that was The Confidence that was called. That was when, if you're in a mindset where you don't believe you can change, well, that was step one for me then um then obviously that's a, that's a book for you but um i do I, I do read a lot of books but um i'll ask you um i like russell bonson i have to say when it comes to marketing if you want to put it in um simple relatable terms russell bonson's book from dot com secrets and stuff if you try and do e-commerce marketing that changed things for me. I always thought, um, what's that one about how to, win, how to
1: win friends and influence people? Yeah,
0: I thought that was a good one. Um, yeah, um, but I read different. I, the problem is for me, I always read a book where I am at that moment. I don't yes. just read books unnecessarily. So like, for example, I'm starting to read The Social Brand now you we are starting to get into the bigger world of marketing, but still trying to join the two worlds without um, mm. keep... Um, but yeah, so... Um, but yeah, and obviously we've got a lot of health books like Fry, Brendan, Brazier, and that was more the plant-based. Nice. Yeah. I don't know, those are just coming up to mind anyway.
1: What advice would you give your younger self?
0: Um I, I think it's more about, like, what it is, is... One thing I've realised is whether you hit a million pound a month uh, we we I know no doubt we'll be doing you know ten million a month you know twenty million a month. We do see our company's big ambitions to be a global company turning over billions of pounds a year, but you know whilst driving massive positive change on the back of it but um but that I know we just like when i those that ain't going i don't you don't want to lose living in the process, so I always think. It's so easy just to get caught up and then three or four years passes and you sometimes think, oh, was I really living that journey? Because it's about the journey, as they say, and a it's cliche, but I think it's just so easy just to get lost and actually understand, you know, these problems you've got at the moment. That's actually, this is it. This is, you're just going to have bigger problems later. So like if you can't really be present and enjoy it and enjoy the adversity, enjoy the ups and downs, being playful in it, that's the story, that's the movie. So I'll probably just say and I remind myself now, it's about being playful along the way. And when stuff gets hard, this is part of the, this is the fun, this is part of the movie. It's like So easy to go no, like until when when it's better, I'm gonna live again. It's like no because it's only be better for a short period of time. It depends what your class is better as well because, like you know, people might say my worst days is their best days. So like so um so I just think it's it's about how we can how in in the company and what I'm doing how I can make it a lifestyle and and during the hardest times yeah just to remember. Yeah, be playful, I guess.
1: Love that. Yeah. What unusual or underrated food or drink should more people try out?
0: I was gonna say, I just think people should focus on like, the quality of the food <laughs> and should, in a world where at the moment everything's mass-produced, it's hard to know what is that carrot or that thing you're eating, the nutrient density, that very likely is come from malnourished soils and stuff. So I just think you're better off paying over the odds and going to places where you either know the owner, whether sourcing it and it's sourcing the quality or paying for organic in the right places. Because if you're able to measure that carrot and the nutrient density in there, it, it's probably the same price per nutrient because you might get two carrots over here, but the, the, the reality is it's 50% Mount Norris carrot compared to this carrot. So I would just say it's um, the focus on, on quality of food focus on eating less but more quality and um and and i guess um yeah I and mean, yeah, that's what i'd probably say and, um, that's great obviously i'd recommend beaver life supplements to support your diet <laughs> <Of> course, <laughs> but um, of course. but i really think yeah that 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 alone i think would change change a lot of things
1: because yeah and that brings us to the final question what makes you happiest? Well, I actually
0: do think, I do think, to be fair, I do think like everything we're doing in Vivo and, and creating stuff, problem solving, like what about doing a, a cafe? Like we, we got an idea of doing a cafe and having our office in the back of the cafe and, and having customers, they can come in, they can use the working space. And actually, you know, we're together, we're not separate. We're all people I'm not want to separate you because your customers and your staff it's like they're all people let's mix together and um you know like before you know it you're you getting all your energies going because so you're like thinking about this oh how can we make it so you can make the products really easy but whilst keeping the message so every time they order a tree counter goes up and so I think it's like you know ideas come into life like that gives me a lot of energy and I'll just say doing fitness I think it's doing it with people. I think um doing stuff with people, I find, I'm doing it on my, I find it's part of it. So I don't know, I'd say I'm creating stuff, probably me. And um,
1: yeah. Beautiful. And that brings us to the end of the rapid fire question round and indeed pretty much to the end of the show. At this point, I'd like to ask you, do you have any asks or requests of the audience listening today?
0: As in, when you say asks or requests, what do you mean?
1: So people have given you an hour of their time they've been listening. Is there anything that, um, anything you would like them to do uh, for you? Is there anything you would like to, any advice you'd like, final advice you'd like to bestow yeah. on them? Any, any asks or requests?
0: Yeah, well to be honest, I actually sort of feel like I'm grateful for them to be spending an hour of their time because their times worth money. And, and I think, you know, they've spent an hour of their time listening to me. So I hope, you know, anything I've said is you know they got an hour back in, in 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 area area of their life, but I would just say about probably um you know we're looking after their own you know health and nutrition and um, and um but but for me like you say if there's anything that's connecting you then obviously you know like like don't mean to check check out our website and things but but I really think I really think um probably all the other way around, but. But yeah, but I would just say um you know a bit of bit interesting than in than the Beaver life there, anything you think um yeah anything you want to talk about reach out I guess I'm on LinkedIn, and um and yeah and obviously I just appreciate being invited on on here and and um but yeah if anything I say is of, of value, and like Absolutely. so I really appreciate what you're doing and and your approach to the to the podcast and and the people you're choosing and. In the message you're trying to share of it as long as as well as you know doing it living it and breathing it yourself so um which makes it a lot more yeah deeper conversations I appreciate that and I'm inspired already by by the um the charity you connected with so um yeah good to continue talking.
1: Absolutely. Well, Salvatore, this has been a fantastic conversation. As I said a couple of times, Um, you know, it's been so interesting. I feel like we could talk for a long time about it. As I said, I know know that you will have encountered thousands of struggles on your journey and that that holding on to the belief and, and not being prepared to compromise on on the quality or the experience or the or the greater good. The idea of, um, of a happiness credit score or environmental impact <laughs> yeah. credit score, I absolutely love. Um, it's been a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for taking yeah. the time uh, to, to share with us today. Thank you. Hey there, you incredibly good-looking human. Thanks so much for listening. If you had a good time today and would like more good times in the future, please hit that subscribe button and leave a heartwarming review. I read them all and it will go a long way to help others out there benefit from all the teachings of this show. And if you want to get in touch or otherwise learn more about me, head to martincook.co.uk or smarterdestiny.com. I really appreciate you. You're an incredible human. Until next time, keep crushing.